When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast where it wasn't love. It wasn't love. It was the perfect delusion. Oh, no. <laughs> I bet Lady Gaga is a furry. <gasps> I bet she is like consistently surrounded by furries. I don't think she's one herself, but I think she's an advocate for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we're talking furries. We're talking about furries. I'm so nervous. Okay. Furries, you you finally won. <laughs> this right? has failed on the Patreon vote several times. And finally, yep. here we are. But but we'll get to that in yeah. in mere hours <laughs> when yeah. we're done with the news. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But first, at the $15 or more level on Patreon, if you send in 100 words, I will read them verbatim. And it is an underutilized benefit. But we have 100 words today comes from Brandon Pettigrew, who is the HBIC of our Discord server. Thank you so, so much, uh, Brandon, as always, for putting together that awesome little community and keeping it going. But uh, it's been plagued lately by, by a bunch of uh, spammers and spam bots. It's been a little bit of a struggle. Here's Brandon's 100 words. To all the bots that keep spamming the Discord, I hope a Trojan horse fucks you so hard that you are deleted from existence. I would tell you to suck a dick, but that's enjoyable and you deserve no joy. I hope your digital life is filled with virtual Legos for you to step on barefoot for eternity. Will I join your shady Discord channel? Hell to the no. Will you take this ban real quick? Fucking right you will, bitch. Forever lurking and always banning, Brandon. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was like horrifyingly beautiful. Like the movie Insidious. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, which a uh, quick pitch for the Discord server. It is a lot of fun if you want to uh, have a chance to, to hang out it's where we do our, our WoW guild night. And, and all that's why I was like edging us like not or not, not like it's <laughs> we're, edging like, us? were yeah. we edging just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. We were. Move on. Um, we, <laughs> um, just it's this makes it sound like there's just tons of spam all over. It, there, there's not. It's a fun, active community. There's an occasional Canadian every now and then. There's. They have their whole channel, though you also don't have to put up with them if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, there's spammers and Canadians on our channel. <laughs> Jesus, so much to deal with. <laughs> uh, goodness. Do you want to do the news? Yeah, here's the news. Shut your mouth hole, it's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News the first. So apparently since last year, according to Rest of the World magazine, 200 couples from China have gotten married in Utah. Okay. Over Zoom. Wait. Yeah. So there's a quirky, quirky set of circumstances that make it possible. Uh, Same-sex marriage has been made possible in Utah because it has no residency or citizenship requirements for marriage licenses. The city of Provo, Utah, allows online international marriages. So therefore, Chinese couples and in China, same-sex marriage is illegal, you can still apply for, get a marriage license, and execute it online through Zoom in Provo, Utah. <laughs> okay. So both the people getting married 
live in China, have no association with Utah other than they are calling in to Provo to be like, hello. Yep. It costs about $300 and um, you don't have to have a visa or anything. You just pay Provo for a marriage license. Doesn't matter where you're from. You can totally make your marriage license happen over Zoom. So they do. That's not, Provo can't like manage international marriage law. That's not, we we didn't accidentally legalize worldwide same-sex marriage through Provo. Like we didn't, this is, (laughs) I should, I shouldn't, I should be fighting. I should be pro this, not anti this. It's a cool idea and a cool workaround, but does the country actually recognize U.S. marriages? They do not. So these marriages do, do not have any sort of legal standing in China. But couples that have gone through it have said that their marriage um, makes their relationship feel more secure. Hmm. And apparently Provo, it's not just in China, just China is a um, particularly common one. There's been more than 3,500 international couples that have requested this kind of marriage, not same-sex couples, just you know, 3,500 international couples. Huh. Uh, and, and, and a lot of them are from China, Finland, France, Kenya, um, all over the place. But same sex couples from China are using it more um, heavily than than others. Provo, more like pro mo, pro homo, pro. Eh. Come back to me in a minute. Okay. I'll ignore everything you're saying and think about this. Um, there is yeah. something I I get the idea that there's something one like the the process like recognizing a marriage kind of helps me like hey everybody we care about this we want this we're doing this look we may not be recognized here but look we're here's you don't think that we're the marriage kind of folks and and we are and we want it. And also having some kind of documentation that some kind of proof, like some kind of legal standing, I think is very useful. Yeah. So I, I get it. Well, so uh, Liu Yangming and Zhu Guangzhou, both based in uh, Guangzhou, China, did an interview and they said, quote, before we would think we might break up someday, but now we can't just break up. <laughs> um that's how that's the gayest sentence i've ever heard we thought we might break up but now we're good we locked it in can't break up sorry yeah and and to be clear this this is a legal wedding in that as soon as they cross the border into a country that recognizes gay marriage they are married and um it's just their home country of china that doesn't it is otherwise a, a perfectly legal um recognized marriage so it, 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 wonder if it matters like a... it, it matters more than just like you know calling your cousin and having a commitment ceremony like back in the old days yeah, yeah, yeah. um and boy it brings so many visitors visitors into the lovely city of provo <laughs> virtually virtually <laughs> I mean, maybe the the benefit to Provo is they get three hundred bucks. I think in Provo that goes like that's like you know a thousand dollars in Provo money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the exchange rate in Utah? Yeah, I don't. Well, ten. You got to take out ten percent for the Mormon Church. Yeah. Tithing, mandatory yeah. tithing. Yeah. Anyway, congrats, congrats to all those couples. Yeah. News the second, keeping it international this week. Uh, so Real Madrid. Football star, that's soccer to Americans, Iker Casillas, Iker. What's an I sound make in Spanish? E. I-K-E-R is his name. Iker. Iker. Iker Casillas tweeted, I hope you respect me. I'm gay. <gasps> that was today, Sunday, the 9th of October. And then his former teammate, uh, Carlos Puyol, uh, uh, replied to it, it's time to tell our story, Iker. Our? And a heart emoji. Our? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then both players deleted their tweets. What? And yep. And there has been a big controversy since then because Casillas then later tweeted, My account was hacked. Oh, Luckily, no. everything is in order. Apologies to all my followers. And of course, more apologies to the LGBT community. So now there's this whole thing going of was it a joke gone badly? So delete, delete, and then pretend it was a hack. Or is that legit what happened? Yeah, I don't know. What do you or think? Did he, what? Or did he try to come out, got real negative reaction, and so had to go back in the closet? Like, that's a, I don't, you know, we're only speculating, but like, that's a common thing that happens in the LGBT community, especially younger people. They try to come out and then they face a hostile family or work or whatever. And then they either write it off as a joke or have to go back in the closet, hide it like take it back so that they can keep surviving. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, that's, that's possible. I, I, that's not, but no, my, <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's, it, that's just not my sense of what's happening in this, in this okay. particular case. Like I don't, I don't see anything in the reports of there being this like massive backlash, backlash? to, to him, him coming out. The yeah, backlash but like, you has have been the... to, if you were joking about this, you were an asshole. Yeah, but like, you know, maybe the manager is super homophobic and calls calls him up and we don't see that one person that's like, you can't do this to us or something. Yeah, 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 totally. totally I'm trying valid. to make up the like, well, this, I don't know, the, the most earnest way that this is possible, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, um, so let's see. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of hot takes from Twitter that I could give here, but one that sticks out though is there's a, an organization called Pride in Football that's a network of LGBTQ plus football fan groups in the UK, um, and they're saying that this tweet was quote misjudged, ill-timed, and disappointing. We should not be seeing jokes at the expense of others in 2022 or ever. Period. The homophobic reaction on the back of that tweet is not okay. It is. It also isn't okay that we have to react to that tweet. It's a clear example of someone not thinking before speaking. Did he expect all roses and no reaction? Well, they're um, really going for the, it was a joke and he's. Yep. Yep. Huh. Yep. Yep. They seem, they seem convinced, which doesn't mean that they're right. 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 Anyway, maybe he's gay. If he is, I will for sure do an update on this story. Maybe they'll get more information, but uh, like it's showing that there is a lot of toxic horseshit in, in soccer, mm. uh, especially in certain countries and that uh, we have yeah. a long ways to go. Yeah. I mean, so like the biggest part of though, of any news story like this that we didn't cover yet is, is he hot? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wood bang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, I think being hot makes up for so much homophobia. <laughs> right. Well, it's totally yeah, it, fine now. Yeah. Yeah. And and just the, the more homophobic, the, the, the more you can make up for it with less clothing. Um, <laughs> last but not least, this is, uh, how much Scooby-Doo news have you been following this week, Kyle? <laughs> Very little. I don't <laughs> think. I don't, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I know. I know a, a, Google, a, a Google. I know a Google of information about it. Yeah. Well, there is a conservative anchorman on Newsmax named Eric Bowling who went on a crazy rant tirade about the character Velma from Scooby-Doo coming out as a lesbian yeah and he just this is this last wednesday and um that's when most velma stuff was happening <laughs> when all the velma stuff was going down the velma a, shit y'all there's a reboot happening and mindy kaling is going to voice velma 
and there's a, a bunch of like typical like mermaids just are white they just are is yeah, it okay yeah. for this south asian person to be playing a white lesbian cartoon uh, character just like all kinds of all kinds of crap this you can't even like it's a voice we're doing voices here right. people <laughs> this is a voice <laughs> jesus christ her voice yes. isn't white enough to play Velma. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, right. So fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, uh, in this in this rant, he goes off the rails several times. Here we go. So he says, "Our beloved <laughs> Scooby Doo has gone woke," which, I, again, woke has just become a nonsense word that the like right just uses it to mean shit. I don't things like. I don't like. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, our beloved Scooby Doo has gone woke. Velma has come out as LGBTQ. I'm guessing she's the L. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be honest, me too. That that part I'm I get. I get <laughs> I get it. But she may be the B. I don't know. Perhaps <laughs> I, I don't know, perhaps the T, which would mean she's been a dude all along all this time, right? Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe it's the Q. Truth be told, I can't really tell the difference between most of the letters. It always confuses me, by the way, folks, when a man decides he's a woman, becomes a woman, and then sleeps with women. Why don't you just say a man? I, like, this is the shit coming out of this dude's mouth. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, he's fucking ri- ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, he also brings up the idea that maybe Fred isn't straight, which I think is the most plausible theory this wacko's had. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so apparently writers and producers have been saying Velma is a lesbian for a really, really long time. And uh, every incarnation of Scooby-Doo has sort of, the studio involved has refused to let them actually address that. And so... there, There is, I have seen an image before this all happened that shows uh, Velma and Daphne, like, uh, b- uh, before, and then they go in someplace and then they come out and they have, like, each other's clothes on. Like, Ooh. yeah. And I I love any kind of meme with the descriptor. There's no heterosexual explanation for this. Like any meme tags that is like my fucking jam. And that's one of them (laughs) where it's like, why would you have on each other's clothes like that? So uh, rumors have been have been set like circulating that she's a lesbian with good with good kind of backing with a solid case for it for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, this is what we talk about when we say queer shit is not new. It's look all through our history, like the history of Scooby-Doo, That's right. you know, That's classic right. historical example of gays have already always existed. Well, and we're going to get to the uh, association that Scooby-Doo has with uh, furry fandom. Uh, so. Oh, shit, Mike, I didn't even realize you're on topic. Wow. I know, right, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, there, if there's any more Scooby-Doo news, I'll, I will be sure to let you know. Um, sure. Yeah. That's the news. That's the news. Um, speaking of uh, Scooby-Doo, here's our <laughs> good snacks. Uh, I want to thank the following Patreon members. Jesper, Hangaross. There are two A's. Just wanted to make it very clear vocally. Hangaross. Um, and Victor Martinez. Uh, thank you to our new Patreon members. If you want to get bonus episodes content, uh, vote, for example, in polls about what kind of episodes we do. We do a poll every single month. So go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Yeah, do it. Do you want to talk about furries? Yes, let's talk about furries. Okay, Why do so you th- sound sad already? I'm not sad. I'm not sad. <laughs> okay, not okay, sad. okay. All right, this, this was selected by our Gap Bridgers. This is our monthly poll vote. And we put up furries and feet and cuddling. And um, 
I'm I'm still winning, Kyle. And I, you're man, you're on a roll. <laughs> you keep winning. I thought I thought I had it with feet, but this is this is why you got to be a gap bridger because it's up to it's up to them, and they wanted furries. And like I mentioned, we we've put up furries a few times, and it hasn't come up. Furries and otters, both of those like seem to have a small yeah. contingent on Discord that's like always disappointed when those don't win and small so but vocal just like our discord canadians <laughs> just like my butt yeah. um yeah. also our uh our tiebreaker which if if the vote is tied we we default to voted on cuddling so uh we are going to as a patreon bonus episode which we do every month we are going to talk about cuddling that's i yeah. think that's kind of adorable if y'all wanted to talk about cuddling yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of my favorite activities. So I was actually kind of sad that it didn't win. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is, it'll be fun to talk about then for Patreon. Just like you can give them the inside scoop on on your cuddling habits. Question. Is cuddling yeah. sex? No. Don't answer. We'll talk about it on the oh, Patreon episode. Shit. You can, you, can, you, can, you can edit that out later. <laughs> uh, yes. If you didn't hear Mike's 10-minute diatribe on weather cuddling, it's because I cut it out. <laughs> Okay. okay furries furries yeah so um i'm always nervous to do these kinds of episodes and the reason is i think obvious and we've said it before but we have an hour and a half of content to make so i'm going to repeat it um <laughs> I, That's, I, I love when people say stuff purely <laughs> to fill in the hour and a half <laughs> yeah it is not a community that i am a member of it is not a community that i understand and i'm very afraid of saying something that is going to unintentionally be you know, derogatory towards that that community because I think that they're valid and obviously between consenting adults, nobody's getting hurt. As we're going to discuss, not even it doesn't even all of it have that much to do with sex necessarily. Um, yeah. I just you know it's just one it's just one of those it's just one of those topics where I want to be sensitive to people's feelings and I'm, I'm bad at that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like well, I, I think this is very fitting for us to talk about because there are a lot of assumptions and stereotypes that come along with furries that we've all had that not I don't know here, generalizing is generally frowned upon that a lot of people have that that people bring to this. There's a lot of stigma and prejudice, and so it's an interesting conversation topic both to understand groups of people that kind of get shit on that people don't understand and also uh, something that i think about when it comes to these kinds of episodes is like it we are not news reporters that are like if we were trying right. to re be a news or reporting or uh, that kind of podcast it would be unfair to not have someone who's actually a furry on but i think for us the idea of learning about a community and sharing that information is useful like you to say furries have to be the ones to research and present information puts a lot of onus on furries i think other people there's tons of information out there and as long as we're getting information from people that know this and and we're trying to accurately share that information i think that's what you're supposed to do and yes we may like fuck it up and if someone a furry listens great you know, when we like talked about Black Lives Matter, part of the fear is like, oh, shit, we're two white guys talking about black people in an entire community. But then but that's what we should be doing. We should, as white people, think about and discuss issues of racism. So I, I just yeah, white, think about white people, white people not talking about black people is the problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think it's useful to think about and talk about research different communities and try to share that, um, you know, in, in hopefully supportive and fair ways. Yep. 
Yeah. So what what is a furry? Just we'll we'll quickly chat about like furries and some uh, some terms to know before we re- we really get into it. But, yeah, so there's a really great site called FurScience.com. Fuck you, Mike. What? What? That's where I got all my information. I, I legit ignored all of that site except for what I'm about to read because okay, I knew it okay, was a treasure okay. trove of shit for your shit. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I retract my fuck you. No, I'll just throw in a general fuck you that's unrelated to this just <laughs> for good measure, but keep going. Girl, I'm in, I'm in Palm Springs. A fuck you is exactly what I want right now. Um, uh, with who are you with, Mike? Uh, some fraternity brothers. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to. F- oh right, furries. Yeah. So what's 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 a furry? It's, oh, sorry, sorry. First, first science is um, a, a bunch of researchers who started this uh, site with the goal of gathering and then disseminating information about the furry fandom community. Lots of really great stuff on there, including an entire whole section on resources for parents. Like mm-hmm. if you if if your if your if your kid is interested in this community, like what should you do? And so much of it, it's not overtly queer, but it reads so much like P right. stuff, right? Oh, so much. In, anyway, what's a furry? Here's what it says. The term furry describes a diverse community of fans, artists, writers, gamers, and role players. Most furries create for themselves an anthropomorphized animal character, a fursona, with whom they identify and can function as an avatar within the community. Some furries wear elaborate costumes or paraphernalia, such as animal ears or tails, or represent themselves as anthropomorphic animals in online communities, such as Second Life. Um, God, all right, crossing out so much of my notes, Mike. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I, I wrote down that exact quote. No, this is good. That means it's exactly what we should be talking about if we both have it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what, what's so what's what's totally missing from that is sex, right? Like the, right. none of that, right? None, none of that has anything to do with with kinky shit, sex, nothing. And yep, yep. Um, I was so surprised going through all of this how much that message sailed through. Yeah, like, this is uh, this is so much of the stereotypes are wrong, and so I think that's a like this is a really fun kind of way to explore the stereotypes in a different lens. But yeah, so much of just what you think of when you when an unknowing when an ignorant person like me thinks of furries is not at all it. So that's where some of the the data will break down what's actually part of the furry community and what isn't. Um, yeah. But for the personas, something I really liked on that site that to like add to the importance of personas is um, it's a way to explore your self-expression. There's creativity with coming up with this kind of character and concept. I'm, I'm talking about this because initially a fursona, like you can be like, that's either weird or I, I don't get it, or that's goofy or the, these people are like, they have a problem or there's something we off about that. You like, there are a lot of gut reactions that when you yep. hear why or the benefits, it, 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 it helped me as well to understand they gave a couple examples. Like if you're tall, having a persona of being a giraffe might help you have more comfort in who you are and what you yeah. look like. Or uh, someone may create a persona to help encourage some of the uh, qualities that they want, you know, come up with your idealized self and help encourage qualities that you don't have. And we do this in so many different ways. Drag queens do this. We, you know, yeah. we play D and D and we create characters and we do this. You and I do this. Like sometimes when, I'm so bad at promoting and marketing myself that we come up with Lyle who like I, it is a different character for me so that I can be like, well, what does Lyle our you know, 
independent marketing experts say we should do like yep. we all do this in different ways so if you're if you have a judgment of furries for doing this then your judgment either you're judging every all of those groups as well or you just are you know kind of ignorant of what what it means and you have some preconceived notions that you need to get over yeah it, and um to to that point like looking at the history of this <gasps> i realized at some point that like part of my reason for wanting to go into the history of it was to unlock like where did this come from why is this happening and it's almost impossible to avoid pathologizing what's happening right mm. like i want to I want to explain this weird thing by understanding like where it came from because yeah. it's wrong or different or bad. And yeah. it's, it's, you have to be really careful when you're doing that. Right. Like, yeah. like with most fetishes, I think there's a, a like a, a very real desire to understand what's going on with that person, but uh, you don't want to have it be like, tell, tell me what's wrong with you. <laughs> like that's not, yeah. the like, like, yeah. that's not, there's nothing wrong at all. And yeah. Um, also though this is not a fetish that's another right. misunderstanding right. like yeah it can be but it is not on, on the surface it's not correct well yeah. okay on the surface it's not like there's a subset for which you know sex is involved but furry inherently is not a fetish i think yep. that's important yep yep, yep, um, yep, yep. wait was that you leading in transitioning into the history no, not not necessarily. I, I mean, oh. I, I can. We're being freeform. I have I have a bunch of I have a bunch of terms that I wanted to talk about. I'm not sure if it fits in here, but there's this adorable list of. Uh, okay, first of all, there's Wikifur, which is like Wikipedia for uh -huh. furries. Uh, uh -huh. uh, Wikifur.com has a whole category of vocab terms that are actions. Like these are things that are common enough actions in the community that like they have generally accepted definitions for instance boop i'm going in alphabetical order boop but a boop is that light is light tapping of someone's nose well so, yeah but, i'm not a furry and i know that i've been on the internet and i've seen pet pictures but apparently furries like to boop each other the person being booped may playfully cover their nose or make a comedic squeak sound <laughs> <laughs> mike what, what what's your booping squeak reaction <laughs> um I, I would probably okay so doing it to somebody i would be like boop Okay. And I would probably, I would probably say it back. <laughs> Oop! I don't know. <laughs> that was a fun game. I'm glad. Do you, I have, was a, that. Do you have a squeak? Do you squeak? Are you I don't. Do I squeak all the time, Mike? I'm just laying around my house, just fucking squeaking up a storm. My neighbors are like, "What's that? There must be a giant hamster living next to me because there's so much squeaking." Uh, yeah, someone boots me, and I go, <laughs> oh, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, you could go. Like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh God, um, that I bet. Okay, <laughs> one of the downsides of us talking about a group that we're new to is we're gonna make all the jokes and all the references that they get all the time, but it's new to us, so we think it's funny. Okay, then again, I do think Perfect Illusion. I doubt that anyone has done that yet, but but there's so many furry puns. That I'm sure puns. Yeah. I'm I don't know this. I didn't read this, but I'm gonna go on a limb and say puns is like a big part of this community yeah. they have the word fursona so not you know like yeah anyway. yeah 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 they definitely seem to be just like both paws in on pun <laughs> the pun train so <laughs> God, like, okay fine we, we can continue to carry us to term great <laughs> um I, I let's see face paw which is just like a face plant or face palm but it's a face a face paw oh Okay, yeah, this is all confirming my theory that they're very into puns. Yes, <laughs> Face paw. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Floof is the apparently impolite 
act of fluffing a furry character. It's their, their, like if they're in a fur suit, you, you floof it up so that it frizzes or poofs out. And uh, it puts uh, like a, a static electricity into their costume and is uh, like, that's, that's bad form. So don't floof. Don't floof me, Kyle. Well, when you said it's inappropriate act of fluffing a furry, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you mean physical. And then you were doing the physical action of rubbing. Like, yeah, this is, again, not a sexual thing unless you want it to be, I guess. Yeah. But to fuzzle, I guess, is... Oh. It is similar but not necessarily bad but that's to like ruffle or mess up their hair or fur um oh. but it but in an affectionate way so floofing is bad fuzzling is good <laughs> that's a phrase that i had never heard before yeah yeah glomp hmm. to glomp is a, sl- a slang term for a tackle hug oh boy so like a, like a, f- a full body tackle hug is is, is a glomp um, I'm gonna go and I, say only glomp furries that you're friends with. I wouldn't glomp yeah. a rando. There shouldn't be non-consensual glomping. Like, no, if there's one thing I know about glomping, having just learned about it, it's don't glomp strangers. There's, um, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of of of, of hugging that they talk about. Uh, there's different kinds of licking. There's a nuzz lick, which is like, hmm. a, a, okay. It's anyway, just well. Okay, they have lots of good names, like Fursona's great, Fursuit, that's great. Nuzlick, I'm going to say Furry Community, not a great, you've, you can do better. You, I think you can do better than that one. I, I, I just want more from you. That's not your best one. Um, nip is like nipping, just like a dog does, but is like sometimes is pinching or squeezing somebody. Uh, of course, Pounce is the friendly act of, of jumping on, on somebody. Okay, Mike, um, now you're just defining words that are exist yeah. in our everyday language. <laughs> I yeah, know what I'm, pounce means. Yeah, uh, scritch. We talked about that with pets, right? Scritching um, and, and going through the, the, the actions of that. Snuzzle is a sneaky nuzzle. Huh. See, um, like, that's a little better. That's a little better. There's a, anyway, that, that's like the actions. Most, most of them, though, most of them are terms that you're already familiar with that have to do with like pets and pet stuff and, and the way that we interact with animals. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause like uh, there are things that already exist. Like uh, you mentioned, I forget what show you mentioned already, but like there's Scooby-Doo. Robin, Scooby-Doo yeah. Oh. There's the car- cartoon Robin hood. There's my little pony. There's uh, there a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. There are shows that exist that are just like some people in this community are people that like these shows you know that yeah. so i think the idea that some of these words are common words that we've heard yeah it's not this foreign thing that's complete it, it, like the, there are common words that we use in reference to animals and and yeah. you know there are there are some that are brand new but yeah yeah um yeah for sure i um it's interesting to me how much furry stuff is like what we think of as being furry community is the fursuits and that, mm-hmm. that it's it's more than that that your persona doesn't even have to be a physical suit and there's a lot of drawing that happens like these mm-hmm. el- elaborate depictions in 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 drawing art that it is um, making making their persona happen and yeah. um there, there are plenty of furries that don't even own a suit they just they're just doing their i thing. will give you specific numbers on that Oh, okay. Moments. Yeah. Do, do you want? Do you want to jump into some numbers? Sh- yeah, I can do numbers. Um, sure. so 
this is so the (laughs) there's a website called fur science and that's website helps study and research the okay cross all that out they are also that's the like public facing website they are known as the international anthropomorphic research project um for their research the very first they have lots of published research this is a this is a team of researchers who are doing real actual scientific research into this community and they attend uh, primarily do surveys through um, in-person conventions which that's a big part of the community and online on websites where furries meet up they have surveyed and and talked to more than fifteen thousand furries as part of their research and you know there's other people that they've also done for control groups to compare against so they've done their shit um they actually i I think that's i think that's more than we've studied by people like all absolutely there's group like yeah intersex people like we've studied probably five intersex people that we've ever seen in our studies or like you know trans masculine people like yeah this is there's so so many furry studies which all of them like that's not to like this i think is valuable interesting useful research and also Mm -hmm. there's so many other groups of people that are also valuable to research I think it's really fun too, by the way, if you go to the first science, um, like about us, like who we are section, they've all got like their bios and their pictures and a lot of them are wearing furry ears. I was, well, I will say there, there was like a few, I expected more, I, you know, you can't tell, you can't tell a furry by their ears, but like there were a few, I, I looked back and like, yeah, I, it, they all, they do seem to have furries that are part of the research team and, um, and seem to be, uh either if not in the community very close with uh, um the community uh, so you can tell that they're they really care and want to understand the community better so that's yeah. that's awesome yeah. um some of the general findings it this tends to be um younger white men and uh, there are like um, <laughs> again i'm in palm springs tell me more <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the furry community and the palm springs community overlaps so hard um god but like that if you actually wear a fursuit like living somewhere warm would suck i would oh think. god furries would die here oh god, it's october fur- and it's 94 degrees outside do you think they've been like how many furry deaths do we have is there a furry true crime podcast oh my god okay this is not the time we okay you have to what? keep me on track because like okay what <laughs> so there was a there was a furry convention in 2014 that was um attacked with chlorine gas <gasps> holy it shit sent, it sent 19 furries to the hospital and the rosemont police revealed that the attack was most likely an intentional act of crime against the furry fandom. So like if we, if we wanted to start a furry true crime podcast, like there's an entire, like already a thing that happened. We've got our first case. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wow. Someone was trying to put down all the furries. Yeah. Yeah. At Midwest Fur Fest. Wow. Okay. This does the, the serious part of this is there is like stigma and bullying that happens when you're part of the community. But, um, I mean, when you're different at all from like the standard, then like somebody's going to be awful to you because that's how fucking humans roll. Because we suck. Yep. Yep. I, I'd rather be an animal too. Like, yeah. I don't, don't want to be a person anymore. People are animals, though. Anyway, that's right. Sorry. All yeah. Um, I, I will also add like I am someone that I I most likely 
you know, it's one of those things where you hear about something that seems ridiculous. It kind of like enters mainstream culture and then everyone jokes about the same thing. I'm sure I've made jokes or shitty comments about furries. So I am absolutely, you know, part of this group that I'm trying to now dissuade from, from doing what I surely have done at some point in my life. It's, it seems like an easy go-to punchline, especially when you don't understand a group of people, especially when you don't know how important it is to them, you know, well, here's another little like little tidbit I didn't know how to fit in. There's um, you know, me and definitions and phrases and stuff, but there's uh there's a whole article on if inhale fur fags. Ooh, that's a sentence you might need to deconstruct. Yeah. So a fur fag is a furry fag or a furry faggot. Do people is this a reclaimed word or an insult? Or bu- it's a derogatory term used by okay. anti-furries. Okay, okay. And um, it's it's a condescending way to acknowledge a fur's presence during online discussions and or a real life visual antagonizer. Apparently, people will show up to conventions with fur fag on like, wow. a, a sign. It's like the, their version of like you know someone outside like Jesus hates fags. Like they have a they have a yep. similar and thing. So and then because like vocab wise because yif or yiffing is the sex sexual part of 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 the furry fandom yif then also gets used by the community basically more or less as a re, as as a replacement for the word fuck like um and and so uh yeah yif in hell fur fags is a, a meme and um it it's like a a, a gif or a, or a or a jpeg that gets posted in discussions um, as a way to disrupt it and and bully furries online. Damn. Um, and that sucks. The most, yeah, 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 yeah. It's absolutely absolutely sucks. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so back to numbers. Uh, there are twenty percent of furries are under eighteen. Fifty five percent are eighteen to twenty five. So this is a younger group of people. That's there are people of all ages. So that's not to say that's the only part, but that's the majority of the group. That's so, like more than half are under twenty five. Wow. Yep. Okay. Way more than half. Seventy-five percent are under twenty-five. And also, this okay. research said, like, for ethical reasons, we didn't study. Like, they they did estimate the number that are under eighteen, but didn't study under eighteen-year-olds. They they thought for ethical reasons not to do that. So most okay. of this is eighteen and over. But at okay. least when understanding who it is, uh, most tend to be assigned male at birth. Although um, there is a very high percentage-wise contingent of LGBT and trans. LGBT that is trans, but like in, in higher percentage of, of trans people in this community, I'll get to those numbers. They're uh, most live at home or about half live at home with their parents. And I only mention that because that's probably a joke people make. Like you probably live at home with your parents. Yeah. And also it, it's, it factually seems to be, you know, half of them that for half of them, that's true. So maybe, yeah, but doesn't, doesn't, doesn't everybody under 30 live with their parents because we totally fucked them economically. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it'd be very easy to pick out a person and like make fun of them for that when it's like, no, this is just what happens when you're young right now. Cause no one has any money and has huge college debt. Okay. As far as a couple of things that are uh, number of the percentage of intersex people is uh, 0.2%, which is, you know, relatively small, but I only mentioned that because they did actually look at intersex people. Like the, they are studying yeah. all these facets, which I loved that the study included that. Uh, that actually seems like, like good, good for them for studying intersex people, but that seems low to me, right? Like I'm always interested in 
like how do how do the percentages in this community correlate or correspond to percentages in the general population and yeah, yeah. I, I i would think that there would be more than that intersex people is that true i i don't yeah. know i don't know how many what percentage of people are intersex so yeah no i don't know how how it um compares or like um, is the fact that is the fact that apparently it's a bunch of white bros like <laughs> does that exclude people make people feel like they're not welcome I don't I think white bros is a bad characterization or like it is mostly white people but like they they tend to be very like liberal accepting uh, mm. uh non-religious uh you know queer you know that so it seems to be a very accepting community in general mm. that seems to be a priority um for this community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are 10% of uh furries are non-binary or gender queer four percent reported being on disability so uh, disability came up when looking at employment and income and um i thought it was cool like again understudied communities four percent were um presumably uh, disabled hmm. and then to explain more on the uh, number of lgbt people 22 percent marked that they are exclusively heterosexual so the option they had the options of exclusively heterosexual like mostly heterosexual like they had all these options and only 22 percent said they were exclusively heterosexual that is okay. the largest contingent of people of orientations but of course much smaller percentage than the general population so it's both there are cis het furries for sure but also there's a big overrepresentation of LGBT people um, okay. in, in the furry community. So it's gayish. It's very gayish. It's very gayish. <laughs> okay. I mentioned that uh, they tend to be younger. So now like uh, there's, they have, they actually um, have a book called Fur science with an exclamation point. If that matters to you, it did to me because I wrote it down. Um, and mm-hmm. it, they took like five years worth of research and put it into this book that you can actually go download and read. This is where uh, now I'm going to get a lot of the information. It's at fursciencecom slash publications. And it came mm-hmm. out in 2016. So I looked through all of this research and picked out the things that I thought were interesting or, you know, we could talk more about had some kind of relevance to other kind of types of things we talk about. Very cool. So first thing that I liked is age. I mentioned they tend to be younger. The average age of a furry is 16 to 17. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there is a, a term gray muzzle. Now, uh, a gray muzzle. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just, you know. A, it, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like when we don't even have to explain. It's just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Kyle! I've I've gray pubic hair. It's like it happened. Okay, <laughs> that's information I don't know. I mean, thanks for sharing. I validate you. That's fine. Do people like that? Is that is there like a group of people that you know people like how the salt and pepper hair? Is there a group of people that like the salt and pepper pubes? I'll, I will let you know. <laughs> I you'll surely get a reaction to that. I get, see our episode on pubic hair. That'll be yeah. fun. Um, and it's just going to be the entire podcast is going to be a picture of Mike's pubes. Great. <laughs> Most downloaded episode for sure. A gray muzzle. You might be a gray muzzle. <laughs> Here's your sign. No. Gray muzzles are someone either who have been uh, in the furry community, in the fandom for uh, a long time, or are older than the average furry. Now, to know, there is a debate on whether gray muzzle is an acceptable term or if it's offensive. So this is super interesting to me when you learn a new 
new terminology uh, since being in the LGBT community and researching all this shit, I tend to know the word, like the nuances of all these words, but in a brand new community, you learn a word and then it's like, Oh wait, but I don't know if I can say it or not or use it or not. And so, uh, you know, this research, given how in either involved or allies of the furry community, these researchers are, I don't think they would have, they, they said most mentions of it were in a positive non pejorative way. So I, I, I trust them to it seems mostly okay, but just, it's like also one of those like, Hey, just know this is not a word for everyone. Very yeah. much reminds me of the word queer, like mostly cool, but you may get some reaction. And that's, I think, helpful context to, to know how do you, it, it, there's, there's so many complexities that, you know, we as outsiders can't know unless someone kind of explains that yeah. debate. Maybe just don't until you hear somebody else do it. That's and. <laughs> that's i think uh, uh, something that i i thought of as well is like we always say you know for queer people let them define you know how they identify and then respect that and and use it so yeah like if you don't know a word like don't use it for a group of people unless they're calling themselves that in which case you know maybe better to th then you go along with it so that's a consistent thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um nine percent of furries are gray muzzles and on average uh the average furry is uh, has been part of the community for six years the average gray muzzle has been in the community for 12 years and their mm. average age is 42 oh okay i've aged out already i guess <laughs> no averages include ranges i know i know i know okay, okay. mike let's break down what an average is i know Sorry, I'm being mean. Let's talk about sex. Let's baby. talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about yiffing, baby. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, like, uh, yeah, not, yeah. This is this is sex as in, but I'm loving it. <laughs> so they ranked this survey ranked or, or presented. Here's a lot of things about the community. How imp and then asked people to rank how important are they to the community for everyone. They asked people to rate them from one to seven, seven being it's extremely important to the furry community to, you know, one, not at all important. And sex was among them. They also included other things like, you know, art is important or hmm. so um, the top of oh, sex comes in at a three. So for a lot of people, this helps dispel that stereotype we were talking about it. That it's just a sex thing or it's a fetish, a three. It is low importance to a lot of people in the community. <laughs> the, the ones that were above a six, you know, which seven was the highest. So that's, you know, the, the, among the highest, um, in order from, from highest, uh, uh, is art community acceptance conventions and internet groups. <laughs> so those are the important things to this group, not, not, not sex or not putting on a fursuit or not like, yeah, what's interesting about the the like sex being a three though is my guess is that that's a shitload of ones and a few sevens as opposed to like the whole community saying it's a three. Yes, yes, there are, yeah, there are absolutely people that think this is important. Um, sexual attraction is a motivator for about a third of furries. Hmm. Not the only, like even if the, even if sex is a big part of it for people it's a motivator. It's not the only motivator. It's not like it's only sex and nothing else, but at least for over a third of people, sex was a big motivator or reason um, for being in the community. So yes, it is a part of it. It is a, it is not a majority. So th that's where 
I think we as humans see or outsiders see a portion of people that not only are there furries, but there are people having sex and that's the most unique outlandish thing to us. And that's what we grasp onto. And that's the thing that then gets plastered all over the media or we joke about or whatever. And then that's an unfair representation of the community. It's not a wrong, like there are people that that is what they're doing and what's happening, but it's also not everyone. I think this is a common thing we see across so many things we talk about. Mm. Like there's some truth to it, but it's not, but it, it really misrepresents it. Fursuit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, there, these are people you mentioned that like actually put on a physical, like have physical items to mm-hmm. and, and have a fursuit. Um, only I ran, ten. I ran into I ran into a couple of furries at a party in Boston this week. N- no way. Were yeah. you like, hey, I'm talking about you? <laughs> well, I, I, we we didn't we didn't know because oh. like, we didn't know what was going to win. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely noticed. I I don't see furries out and about in like spaces i don't see them at the gay bars at least not in seattle so it was very interesting to me to like actually like run into some in, in, in do you did you talk to them at all no uh-uh. okay so do you, what what costumes do they have or what i don't know if costume if they i don't know what words they like but what was their first suit uh like a like a like a wolf or a coyote kind of a looking mm. suit i'm sure that there's a distinction between those two that i is lost on me yeah, yeah but like with the big head with the full like fur body big big paw hand gloves mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and a tail big ass tail Th- that sounds to me like a full like complete fursuit i, I don't know like uh, i don't know but 10 to 15 percent of the furry community has a a fursuit so mm-hmm. this is not the norm um 25 okay. percent have a partial fursuit so that might be an individual item or items but not the complete thing 50% want to have one. There are just limitations on, you know, its cost or being in public, you get their stigma and prejudice. So there's a lot of reasons you may not have one. So even if you just look at all the people that want a full fursuit, that's half of the community. So again, that's yeah. one of those things that like, yes, there is a big part of the community that that putting on a fursuit is part of it. But we think of that as being the only part of the community and being everyone. And that's not at all true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The most popular, if you have part of a fursuit, the most popular item to have is a tail, and 48% of people have a tail. And I think it was like seven, I didn't write this down, but like 75% of those who have a tail wear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your fursona, this is the furry plus persona we talked about. Um, and this is one of the things that, if you actually want to know what the vast majority of furries have in common, this is an, a thing that the vast majority of furries have a at least one fursona you can have more than one fursona um it asks about like current fursonas versus lifetime fursonas so it can change over time but fursona is a, a an actual integral part of the community and that doesn't include or doesn't have to include putting on any kind of gear okay yeah 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 also make sure like i have more than one D character or have before yep like, yeah yeah yeah, I'm. I wonder if drag queens like ever have you know you you eventually land on one, but I wonder if there are drag queens that like try out different like characters or something. I've never yeah, actually sure. never heard of that. Not, but I just made oh, me think well, of like that. like celebrity impersonator drag queens will do multiple oh, celebrities. I've seen that a lot. That's a good call. You're right. Yeah. This I thought was really interesting. For sixty two percent of uh people with a fursona which again is most uh, furries for 62 percent, their gender is of their fursona is 
only ever the same as their gender. So a majority will pick a persona that aligns with their gender, but that's not everyone. That that means there are a lot of others, you know, about a third of people have a persona who, you know, there were other options, you know, rarely or sometimes or always like there are other, other options available to them. And so for a third of people, it is not exclusively the same gender as them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, that could be, you know, their, their persona is a way to explore uh, areas of gender. It could be a character. It could be, uh, you know, fun, interesting, creative, get yourself in the mind of someone else, try, you know, test out, you know, femininity or masculinity, or, or, you know, there could be a lot of reasons why they do that. But I thought having a persona that is not your gender is, is interesting. So now we get to, things that are more directly, I think, comparable to LGBT community. Uh, How out are furries? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 55% of furries said that many or most of their friends know about them being a furry. About 35% of furries said they were out to some or most of their family. So, you know, if I I saw that number with LGBT people, I'd be like, man, two-thirds are not out to family which you know families i think some of the more dangerous or risky people to come out to or that you know there's a lot of like heavy like gravity to coming out that you know if you're rejected by your like yeah family that so like two-thirds aren't out so well and how, how much of that is like i don't know it's not a fetish it's not a orientation it is a it is a choice like uh, Interesting, like, Mike. Is it a choice? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Well, what the data says is right. 31% said yes, it is a choice. And 38% said no, it is not a choice. Those numbers add up to way less than 100. Yes, there was an I don't know option. Okay, great. <laughs> and a third just vanished right when we asked the question. So, yeah. <laughs> a third said woof. um yeah so uh, this is something i didn't expect and is is interesting is yeah 38 percent of people said no it's not a choice Hmm. Hmm. and Hmm. i i think a common uh, we were we were talking about like you know acceptance and how out there to to family and i think the you know, it's clear that this ha- this has such a big range of people. I think uh, in trying to liken it to something in the LGBT umbrella, I think that the downside of that is, you know, every group has its unique qualities that are not comparable to other groups or, or categories. I think something about furries that I'm learning is there's a range of people. Some people just like the shows or art or like being in the community or have these interests that is useful and this is not their identity they don't have a fursuit they don't like you know they uh, most have a fursona so there's something going on there but like uh, most aren't the people walking around in a in a fursuit saying this is who I am but there is a subcategory of people who say this is who I am that this is very core to my identity and have a fursuit or have sex and it, and it is, you know, something that is sexual and, and, and part of them. So there, there are people that say that they identify as, you know, either physically or spiritually with 
animals. So uh, th- there's a big range of people that are included in this community. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Yeah. I-, I was mostly thinking about like, I'm not out to a lot of people as a D&D player, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. It's more, it's more complicated than that. It's not, it's not merely a hobby for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, but I think that there's, there is something that's, I think that's fair. I think maybe for some people, yeah, like how distressing or how do, does it impact you that you're not out to people or, you know, maybe it's like, well, that doesn't bother me. I don't feel the need to like, I don't, yeah, I don't need to explain all the hobbies that I do. So maybe for some people it's fine. And maybe for some people it is intentionally hiding because they know that they will get judged or shamed or like, I I mean, I wonder, like sometimes I avoid talking about D and D or don't mention it just because I don't one, it's like not core to who I am. And also I'd, like, if I mention this to, to some new person, I don't know what they'll think of me. So there's a little bit of like, although it's low importance to me, there's a little bit of like, am avoiding it because of like prejudice or stigma. So I, I, I wonder if people, even if it is a, a hobby or an interest, if they do avoid talking about it, just cause they're like, man, the second I say that I'm a furry or I'm in, <laughs> involved in the furry community or what have you like, God, I don't want to get into this with whoever this is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's the numbers. Go download the first science book. Do it. Go go download it. So so now I, I'm. Uh, damn it. What? Well, Kyle, I was gonna be, because we were on the subject of yiffing at least for a, a little bit there. There is also yeah. an entire set of like dictionary and like a slang dictionary of yiffing terms, and I was Ooh. going to see if you could guess what any of them were based on like what they sound like. Is this an urban yiftionary? It's well, it's on Wikifer, but like, um, nice. Uh, they they have a, a whole section of mature terms used by the furry community. They're all yiffing related, and uh, some of them I think are really. I was just going to see if like, hey, maybe maybe Kyle could like get Ooh. get some of these. Yeah, get that yif. Okay, let's do it. Okay, great. First, let's just start <laughs> with first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk. Uh, how about first uh, meat sex? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to get any of these. That's where you take your two steaks and you rub them together and you go, mm, I love you. Because <laughs> your parents never bought you Barbies. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. You <laughs> yeah. Did, you yeah. Did so good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, um, it is what it's the term that plushies use with each other to describe the act of sexual intercourse with a non-plushie, also known as a biological. Oh, hold on. Is plushie the same as a furry? It's like a subset. Plushies are like furries who are specifically into like stuffed animals as being like their, their persona is stuffed animal adjacent, still anthropomorphized, but it's like way more teddy bear than actual bear. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, there are so many subcategories in the within furry. Like brony, some people will consider them a subcategory of furries. Like that's a whole debate that I didn't even like write down. Okay. Meat sex. To have a group of plushies together talking about like the craziness of having sex with a like a just a physical human with no like the fact yeah. they'd be like oh like you had sex with a human man like wow what novelty <laughs> that's so funny to me i i gave up meat sex years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm a vegan now <laughs> i'm uh, i'm a, a vegan plushie <laughs> oh god and uh, i get stuffed okay. okay next how about how about clopping 
clopping. I think that's the noise when two furries have sex. That's the noise when you like. That's the that's the noise you, you clop their ass. That is incorrect, but <laughs> I didn't I expected so. Hilarious and closer than you might think. So clopping oh. it is 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 onomatopoeia. It is a noise. It is a sound that they're going for. But it is the sound of a horse's footsteps, like clip clop. Mm. And so clopping is a euphemism for a brony jacking off. <laughs> Hot. Yeah, sure. Sure. Clop on me, baby. So I'm just trying to figure out the lingo I need to get more people to have orgasms on me. And this is useful. <laughs> Honor in me, I guess is what I should say. Oh, I could be. I could. The other one is helpful too, because I could be your meat. What was it? Meat. I could be your meat savior or whatever. Meat sex. Meat sex. Meat. Yeah, yeah. I could be your meat sex. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> we could keep going. Uh, how about whamadoodle? <laughs> it's that's when you're playing Pictionary and you have to draw the band Wham, <laughs> and what you the resulting drawing is a whamadoodle. <laughs> 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 wham but they're all like well they're all furries you you draw them you draw them as furries but um they're they're Gotta also be. like yeah they're, they're they're it's like a golden doodle also right like they're part Aww. they're part poodle part wham part poodle <laughs> <laughs> you know those classic part wham part golden doodle <laughs> <laughs> uh so um whamadoodle is just penis it, or phallus um oh, okay the the external sexual reproductive organ with or without a scrotum Sure. And who needs it? Let's see. How about let's go with Thor. What is Thor? I mean, okay. Uh, if we're not going the obvious, then I'm gonna say, um, uh, I have, I have, I can't come up with anything but thinking about Thor. Uh, yeah. What about th- um, th- Thor? No, I got nothing. My first like joke thought would be like, if you if you if you take a horse dick big enough, you're gonna be sore the next day. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I couldn't even come up with a joke answer. Boy, that's that's bad podcasting. Uh, it is a jelly dildo in the shape of a horse's penis. Um, it is 24 inches long, and the head of the toy alone is the size of a human fist. But uh, it's an actual. It was put out by a company called Zeta Creations, and apparently this gigantic dildo has become an in-joke in the furry community. Wow. So, like, Thor is the brand? Like, that's the... Is that a brand or just the... The model. The model. The model. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Because, man, okay, this is good to know, because if someone says, do you want to take Thor, I would be (laughs) like, obviously, but you just get some clarification. Ask one question before you say yes, is all I'm saying. Yep, 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 yep. I don't know if this one's pronounceable or not, but it's I I M Y I. Uh in case you missed it, wait. What's what acronym? I I M I I am I is Mot a Yoyer. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it it stands for if it moves, yif it. <laughs> Ooh, I don't love okay, explain this to me before I bring my judgment to it. No, your judgment is correct, I think, in okay. a lot of ways. It's a keyword. Uh, that you tag erotic fiction with online, indicating that it is commonplace in the story for characters to casually engage in sexual activity with one another, at least insofar as it applies to the main characters of the story. Okay. So it's it, it like 
but you're right that like there's a there's a problematic overtone there of I guess if it moves Yifit as long as there's consent, like maybe it's yeah. too long to abbreviate. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like especially like erotic fiction, like there's you know uh, that that's that's a place where it's okay to explore some fantasies that may not be chill or what have you and that's a good place for it that's a good outlet and an acceptable outlet so you know yep yep how about to wingerize i mean is this just to add wings to like if you're first known as like a chicken or yeah i mean that's a a great that's that's a great that's a great thought and that sounds like a no that sounds like a nice or no okay it's it's named for a guy uh whose name was doug winger and apparently he had a whole like motif of art in which the furry characters were hyper endowed think giant boobs massive clitorises huge dick and balls just like outlandish massive sizes and so to to anything to do with that is 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 wingerized or wingerization man what a what a what a lost opportunity that winger eyes has nothing to do with, <laughs> wings, do with wings in the furry community. <laughs> God. All right. How about boink space? I mean, is that an online community where you can have furry sex virtually? Another missed opportunity. I think I, I like yours, oh, yours yeah. better. Like as a thing, it's a term that plushies use for the spot on a plush toy that is pleasing to poke sexually. So it's like I, the prostate of the, yeah it's my understanding okay i I, plushies if there are plushies out there listening please write in and let me know but it's my understanding that because plushies want to be anthropomorphized stuffed animals and most stuffed animals don't have genitals there's this whole thing about like but there's still a part on the plushy body that's like the g-spot or the prostate that poking it is how you get them off and that's the that's their boink space I would think it'd be the like the little like ball or whatever that's inside that you squeeze and it talks. Like if I squeeze it and it makes a noise, that's like my sexual target now, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like that. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, making them stuff up. Um, and I had one more. Where did it go? Oh, yeah. Uh, unbirth or unbirthing. I mean, this, uh, unbirthing just sound. This okay. We talked about this <laughs> on a recent episode. It sounds like getting in a kangaroo pouch or something. It's like a human going back inside the body of someone else. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's like fisting yes, for your whole it, body. You're absolutely right. Like it, on 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 a, a, a number of levels, but not completely. So it's also <laughs> a number of levels, except the correct one. Well, no, like you're, you're so, you're like in, you're totally in the ballpark. So okay. unbirthing or, or rewelping is used to describe the paraphilia involving the desire to be swallowed alive by female genitalia. Um, so a no, female no. furry takes another one into her womb and gestates that fur for a time as her own unborn child. Um, and then does she less re-poop common... you out? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, there's a less That's what common, I call but still significant. Right. <laughs> Pooping. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's a less common but significant minority also practicing UB vor, wherein the female unbirther's body ultimately consumes the unbirthed. So, mm-hmm. like, you get put back up in there and then, like, absorbed. Um, 
Another variant on this is males absorbing others, generally other males, as a form of male pregnancy. This is known as cockvor and involves hyper hypertrophilia and or macrophilia. Um, and these are sexual fetishes that exist only within the realm of, of furry fantasy art and stories. I've also seen seen them like not in the furry community. The like the association there is is sort of incomplete. Um, well, like and there, yeah. there's vor and there's like a macrophilia. There's like other things that seem to be related to this, but they also seem to have like very specific things that like are similar to, but like more specific around their their community. Yep. Yep. Huh. Anyway, that's a bunch of stuff that I just like stole off of this Wikipedia article or, or wiki wiki for article. What I is thought... this podcast but stealing things from other places and saying them out loud? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you you just talked a bunch about yiffing, but I think we should go into the history. We haven't talked about where where all this came from. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, sure. Happy to. Yeah. So Okay. So there's like there's a couple of schools of thought, right? Like oh, we, we should definitely talk before we leave with it, yiffing, but I think that this is a good this is a good segue piece just like to briefly touch on the fact that pups and pup play are not furries. There's oh. been there's some confusion about that out there in the world, but the reason it's history adjacent is they come from different places. So pup play and pup society emerged as an offshoot of the leather community, and that's why they typically are leather hoods, leather or hard plastic tails. There's a, a big um, crossover with like harnesses or or yeah. leather leather or, or rubber um, clothing and suits. Um, but it, it, it is not, it, it's like, it's understandable how it's related, right? Because pups are all yeah. about like getting into a headspace that has to do with yeah. acting like, or being, being an, an animal. Um, but, but it's, it's definitely not furries. Furries were their own thing. It didn't necessarily start out as super queer, although it has landed there. Um, they just, they have different etymologies and they're, they're different, they're different communities and come from different places. I would, I would, uh just from the outsider, that's very helpful because I probably would have thought they were like an offshoot or something, but it also seems like they're close enough that I would think they'd want to like, Hey, want to combine and be all to get like, this seems like lesbians and gays are like, Hey, we got some similarities. Let's be in the same little, little tent here. So that's surprising yeah. to me that that's like an important distinction. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that like, I agree with you, but um, one of the things is that like, like pups when they're super in pup space don't talk right like they are they are animals and so like their vibe mm. is a human expression of an animal form but whereas furries are doing kind of the opposite right like this is a animal that walks on two feet and speaks and is yeah, it's intentionally anthropomorphized it's like intentionally making human characteristics out of this yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so pups are like a de-anthropomorphization and, and yeah. furries are anthropomorphizing. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. It's like uh, kind of the root distinction or big distinction. Yeah. Um yeah. Mike, where where did where do furries come from? <laughs> where do furries come from? So um there, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of theories about like the where to truly say the modern furry fandom uh, phenomenon came from we can look back at like all of human history and we've been drawing people with animal uh, stuff associated with them for like prehistories right the earliest yeah. earliest examples of human art um it, like if you, there are egyptian gods and goddesses like anubis and bestet and horus that um had animal heads on human bodies so like we've been 
we've been thinking about this for a really long time. And wow, I did not think there. This is such an interesting analog to even the word gay or someone that's like today we might say this person is trans, but they didn't have that word, so we can't call them that. So someone who's like drawing and actively like you know chipping off on caves or however the fuck they did that like these kind of anthropomorphized like figures and doing this artistic stuff like that's what today we would call a furry but i don't think i should go back in time and be like egyptians were very furry yep absolutely and i mean there's i'm I'm gonna say something that's potentially even more problematic so enjoy this um (gasps) but like there there are the, the stereotypes of like shamanistic rituals especially native american tribes who do a dance around a fire wearing the skin of whatever animal it was that they had killed. There's, there's definitely a, a you could, it's easy to draw some parallels there, right? Of yeah, like yeah. The, 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 the tribal shaman guy, the medicine man, whoever, whatever, whatever is the right connotation for that context. It is kind of being, being, being a furry a little bit like you can, but is he this... doing it? Like I'm anthropomorphic, uh, like I am becoming this animal. Or is it, or is it like showing off the kill or like, you know, uh, some kind of like threat? Like that seems like, you know, like pups, like it could be related, but they're not like, they don't, they're not getting into the persona of this animal. I agree that it's not a slam dunk. I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, just, but I hear you. There's a lot of things that are like s- similar in community and is hard to decide what's defined as what, especially if you look back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Aesop's fables? Like the, the tale yeah. of the, the fox and grapes, like that fox talks. Like there are lots of animals in Aesop's fables that, that talk. So yeah, it's, it's an example of a really pervasive, well-known common, um, you know, adding human qualities to, to uh, animals. And um, uh, of course, then it all ends with Bojack Horseman. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh my god! I bet furries fucking love that show. That's so too. <laughs> Except it's huh. I, that am I a furry? I, that I love that show. I don't know. Do you, <gasps> do, you, do you want to be Mr. Peanut Butter or whatever? Like I, I would fuck Mr. Peanut Butter for sure. For okay. surezies. All right. When's your next therapy session? I think you need to unpack some. I think, that. Mike. I think we're in it. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> no, I mean. Okay, like, come on, Mr. Peanut Butter's hot. Like, don't don't take this away from me. Okay, I won't. Have you it. seen him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, wood wood bang. But this is your therapy session, not mine. Oh, right, right, right. This is not about you. This is about me. Yeah. So it all started. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also there's also a heavy like component of children's stories and children's novels and chil- illustrated books for for kids that become more popular during the industrial revolution and, and, and Victorian era. And uh, it's like Lewis and Carol's Alice in Wonderland. There's a bunch of like the rabbit talks and the Cheshire cat talks. They all, they all have um, uh, not only are they imbued with anthropomorphic character uh, characteristics, but they also were often illustrated. So you would see, you know, characters with some human traits in a context where they were communicating um let's see uh beatrix potter's illustrated children's books oh my god alice in wonderland like the the growth or the growth or shrinking thing i bet that's yeah. rife with some like some micro or macrophilia kind of online you know sexual re- re- 
interpretation vibes. If I could, if I could eat a bunch of cupcakes and get a bigger dick, I absolutely would. Alice in Wonderland style. <laughs> if I could eat a bunch of dicks and get bigger cupcakes, I would do that. <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> Yours is probably doable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Some online internet ads say that you could get a bigger dick by doing like eating some cupcakes. And they also say Obama's free car loan will get me a free credit score or something. So, you know, believe what you read. Yeah. Uh, Have you been contacted to talk about your extended warranty? (laughs) So often for, especially for someone who does not have a fucking car, like, (laughs) Hey, trade in your car. I don't, fucking have a car right (laughs) that's not part of this that's not what we're doing here back to kids books beatrix potter uh had like the tales of peter rabbit that's all all of that's 18 1800s uh richard kipling and um the jungle book a bunch of animals talk in there and we'll talk about animation here in just a little bit Mm. disney also made a animated film the jungle book and um it gets a lot of credit for furry stuff in the modern zeitgeist okay i don't um, know if this is did you did you read about zootopia uh no i mean oh. it's, it's in a list it's in a list of like okay. things that might have made furries like yift as kids get the impression on them yeah oh, oh okay uh, then here's a side thing that i also didn't know where to fit in sure there are a bunch of things about like disney marketed zootopia to furries intentionally it, all these things you're talking about are just things that then furries may like help them realize they're a furry or you know become you know the central for fandom or art or what have you but but there is there are all these things that are like here's proof that disney intentionally marketed zootopia to furries there are emails from and this is how like i don't think it's conspiracy i I really do think it's true i think um there's like here's an email from an agency that was working for disney that encouraged you know furries to attend and take pictures or there's there's all this like different (laughs) proof and i believe it i could see someone being like yo there's this category of people that will yiff their pants if they see this movie and let's get them out and talking and promoting it we got our buzz street team already locked and loaded they've been waiting for like i i could i would if i was in marketing i would say absolutely capitalize on this community and also i would find a way to distance myself like finding a marketing agency so i totally believe that disney intentionally marketed zootopia to furries yeah and that's we see the same thing with like with like gay people, right? Like throw throw a rainbow on on Bud Light, and and now suddenly they want us to to to, to buy it. But this is even oh, yeah. more directly. This is even more directly speaks to that community, and it just like kind of makes sense, right? Is is that do they have a, like is there fur baiting? You know, is there like a fur. a fur furry version of that? That for sure is what it should be called now forever. If it's not you're already. welcome, furries. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're so that was my tangent. We're back. We're back into the history. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but the, uh, all of that's to say that, like, we've been like anthropomorphizing animals in in fiction for a really, really long time, and uh, I've I've seen over and over again now, though, uh, people pointing to the Jungle Book, which was Disney's nineteen sixty seven film uh, adaptation of Richard Kipling's book of the same name. And but even more so, Robin Hood. 
Robin Hood came up for me. If you didn't say that, I was going to for sure. Yeah. The the animated film Robin Hood. And uh, I just, I think that's really interesting because there was also, uh, when was the sword in the stone? I also remember, I remember as a kid watching the sword in the stone when Merlin transforms him into a squirrel. And then he like basically gets down with that girl squirrel. And I found that whole scene like weirdly hot. Like I had a a, a, a erection about it that I did not understand. (laughs) Um, I had an erection about it. It's my favorite <laughs> phrase. <laughs> uh, that, that, was, that, that was in 1963. Um, but but yeah. When you yeah. were a small child in 1963 watching this? No, I was not. But like, I, oh, you, That's what you implied. Back in the day, they would re-release animated films and you would yeah. go to the theater and, and get strange boners you didn't understand. Um, sure. So... So, yeah, go ahead. Other 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 things that often come up with uh, My Little Pony does come up, and again, there's like some that that there's a bigger issue or a bigger thing going on there with bronies, and and they are, uh, I don't know. Anyway, and there and Sonic the Hedgehog comes up a lot. Yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog thing is really interesting because I don't think it was a cartoon or a movie until like later. Like Sonic was just mm. a video game character, so I, mm. I, I, I that's really. You know that that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. One thing. One thing that to to really to really talk about though is the fact that furry fandom. A lot of it comes from cartoons and from animation and magazines, and it it also started fairly early having an association with sex. Whether that spoke to the whole fandom or not doesn't uh, is is a different subject. But um, there's a a uh, a, a comic, an erotic comic strip and comic book created by Reed Waller and Kate Worley called Omaha the Cat Dancer. And it looks a lot like drawings and stuff that you'll see in in the, the fandom today. And it ran, uh, it launched in 1978 and uh, was published clear up until, uh, gosh, when did they stop? the 90s they were still going strong in the 90s anyway but it has a, a whole series of like all of these anthropomorphized anthropomorphized characters and a lot of them are like exotic dancers and escorts and there's a lot of like sex that happens in in, in there is this one of the earlier like is this around where it started is this like an early example of it yeah yeah exactly right yeah so um then then really it, it takes off and becomes like a huge thing when conventions start happening. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that, that whole uh, phenomenon really gets started in, I think it was the eighties. I just lost my notes. So that's problematic. <laughs> I remember first seeing it on MTV. I don't know why that's come up several episodes in a row, but like on MTV, I think it's like true life. I'm a furry. I believe mm. was where it came up. And that to me was my introduction to it. And they talked a lot about the fursuit and furry sex. That's where I get a lot of my original assumptions or stereotypes about them. But that was, that was much later than you're describing. Yeah. So apparently, apparently furries started having a presence at like science fiction conventions as early as 1980. And it's believed. Wow. It's believed that 1980 is when the term furry was coined to describe. I didn't think it would be that early. I didn't think conventions were, I didn't think they'd be at conventions that early. That's surprising to me. Yeah, there was, um, uh, 
a discussion group that met at some science fiction conventions and some comic conventions um, in, in the 80s, all throughout the 80s. And then by 1989, here it is, 1989 is when the first uh, actual furry specific convention was was held. It was called Conference Conference <laughs> Conference Zero and was held in uh, Costa Mesa, California. Huh. And then as the internet rose, so did more opportunities for people to find each other. Uh, create community, et cetera. And it, it really just took off from there. You talk about true life. Uh, I'm, I'm a furry as being like one of the ways that, that like people found out or like we found out about furries as a society, yeah. but yeah. a lot of cre- credit is given to a, a, a CSI episode. Oh. Um, season five, ep- oh, no, sorry. Season four, episode five was called fur and loathing and it, uh, it aired <laughs> October 30th, 2003, and there was a, um, a, a, a victim that was a man in a raccoon fursuit named Robert Pitt. And th- so the, the Gil Grissom and Catherine Willows, the, the two main like, investigator CSIs. In, in CSIs, yeah, um, they end up going to a fictional plushies and furries convention called PAFCON. <laughs> and um, there's a you know shenanigans ensue, except in a like dark criminal kind of way. Um, but that uh, that episode of that show, which was wildly popular at the time, uh, is it, it gets a lot of credit for introducing the concept of furries as even being a thing in American culture. And that seems like one of those frustrating things. Like if you're part of like I don't know, there seems like uh, could be like this weird mixture of to have a portion that is you know not everyone but there are some there is some truth to that representation to what they're showing there are some people that align with that that match that so there's a like this is getting out to the mainstream so it helps inform people that you're not alone especially you know this is around or you know around internet times or before the internet was so widespread that like this is one of the ways to teach people or someone might learn about furries for the very first time through this and know they're not alone. And also then perpetuates these really specific ideas that are not, are very much not true of the entire community. Like it seems like such a mixture of like, you know, I think of other representation with LGBT people where it's like great mm-hmm. Philadelphia also like, God, does it always have to be our representation is about HIV or AIDS. You know, it's right, like this, right. but, yeah. but that is a true part of, yeah, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of complexities and, and similarities in like media representation. Yep. 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 <laughs> One thing I just realized, like going back to Disney, speaking of like, it's not, I mean, that's not representation, but like, it seems like there's this cool thing. If they did market to furries, which I think they did, like there's this, it's, that's, that's kind of cool, but they know and identify their audience and they, but also they're, if they're not admitting it outright, then which I don't think they are like the a couple articles I read said Disney did not respond for comment or whatever. It mm. seems like that there's something exploitative about trying to get their marketing and viral promotion and what have you of this movie without, they don't want to um, though, you know, publicly connect themselves with that community. There's something that feels real shitty about that too. And it, I think yeah. it's so much of it is because of the stigma, like, Oh, Disney loves furries. I bet like right wing right, conservatives right. would lose their goddamn fucking minds about that. Like, yeah. yeah. And it sucks. Cause so much of it is based on the stigma and prejudice of what that means. Not actually, especially like a, you know, movie that among other people is targeted at kids. Like, I don't know. And I'm suddenly angry at Disney over this. And I just happened now. 
Yeah. I mean, like Dizzy has gotten in more trouble for less in just the last year, right? Like it, yeah. they, they walk a careful line because people are crazy when it comes to their kids and yeah. like freak the fuck out. So yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, maybe the last, I have two things that I could talk about and I don't know if there's things we need to talk about or for one should be a Patreon, but I'll, I'll help, help me out here on what we should do. Okay. Did you come across, fuck, I should have learned how to pronounce this. Therian or yeah. Therian? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. We can either talk about that, which that seems interesting, but I'm very worried about it. And there's also the question of should furries be part of the LGBT community? Okay. Um, Which I think, unless you think we need to talk about cover both in this, like maybe one can be the last segment and one can be a Patreon segment. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the LGBT thing and then let's, let's save the Therians for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So just to quickly, because I think it's, it's, you know, at least something we should mention and that does make me feel a little safer talking about it's Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Lock that content down. Cause it could be there. And there is a, a subset, not the majority by at all, but there is a subset of people that uh, feel that they are like with some degree of dysphoria, they are some portion of them is non like human. That is, yeah. you know, non-human animal. So let's, yes, we'll get into that. Um, another word, other kin um, that, that is in this kind of vein. But okay, should furries be an LGBTQ community? No. Great. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, that was great. I, such a good build up for that. No, that, okay. That, that's, that was my initial instinct too. And I read a little bit more about, I read this article on fuck on the internet, you know the internet mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. that's who gets the, all the credit for everything we talk about thanks internet mm-hmm. um and <laughs> some like posts on like reddit and quora and i think it is a useful i think it's useful to think through it and talk yeah. about it and that can help like m- mostly as almost a thought exercise or like i just to be clear i have not seen like a big so many furries are lgbt people And I've not seen like this big push for amongst that community to be like, no, definitely part of that community. So this is not coming from a source of like, you know, all these furries are pushing for it. But I still think it was interesting for me to really think through and challenge my gut assumption that like, nope, not at all. Yeah. I mean, so my I think my general like the the, the quick version of my like internal calculus is just like LGBT is you can use the queer umbrella to refer to that queer is LGBT, but then like Miss Talk caught me, gave me the like, turned me on to the GSRM gender, sexuality, and relationship minorities as yep. another were another term to use as an umbrella term for everything. I suppose furries could be a relationship minority, right? There's a lot of like ways in which they interact, and I I don't know. That's maybe pushing it, but they're huh. like. It, then there's the other like sort of overloaded meaning of the word queer queer meaning not mainstream i they're definitely not mainstream and that's why they stick out and that's why i think people are so fascinated and interested and want to talk about them and 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 joke about them etc yeah. so like i i think i think they're definitely queer but not capital q queer as an lgbtq plus and so that's that's why my answer is no but there's something going on yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, I completely agree. GSR and like thinking about that, that felt a little bit more likely for me to like the fact that I was like, oh, maybe 
that then made me rethink the LGBTQ like kind of area as well. But yeah, like, but it's interesting you mentioned the, I thought you were going to say the sexual part. And again, that's not the majority, but for some people that this is a sexual, like part of their sexual, like kind of experience. And so like, I don't know if you have, and, and that in a sexual thing that they will get judged on, like, so definitely a minority of people in the world. Like, I don't know. So maybe there's a subset yeah. of furries that, it, um, that could be included. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the word queer because I think we both disliked the kind of phrase like culturally queer or there are people that they're like, well, no, I'm not, you know, lesbian or gay or trans or whatever, but I'm culturally queer. So I'm part of the LGBTQ community. And it's like, I, I didn't, I was like, "Mm, you can't just be like a quirky, you know, like my hair's curly. I'm queer, you know, like, okay, that's not how it works. Yep. But and may, so maybe that's like just without getting into what that actually means or actual examples, maybe that's why if I think of culturally queer or, you know, queer, not like you said, I think you said it like not capital Q queer, but like that is I that feels like a good definition of queer outside of the norm, uncommon faces stigma that I, it would make sense to me if someone if because of that experience identified as queer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let us know another, in the comments. <laughs> let us know in the comments. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in again, like I, because I read like you know Reddit posts and core posts and and you know articles. It's hard to tell who actually is an LGBT furry, and their opinion matters most to me in this in this context. But um, uh, I think another big thing is like you, if you someone that says I am queer, like they don't owe you more of an explanation. So if someone, yeah. if that fits for them, that's useful. We can talk, you know, as you know, discussion or, or, or like, it's interesting to talk about some of these things in theory or, or, you know, what communities, um, what different communities are there out there, but on an individual level, like you, you, you're not, if someone said they're queer, then done, they owe you nothing more. So that's, yeah. that's another yeah. kind of like, there's a distinction between what we're talking about and it's interesting and let's think it through versus what I would do on a day-to-day basis. Like I would yeah. never yeah. actually question. Um, I think, Another part of this is I, I think about kinksters mm-hmm. as in in a similar vein or, or people in BDSM, like that's very, very much a sexual minority. So if we're going that, like that is, you know, BDSM is a sex thing. Kinksters, that's, that's, you know, primarily a sex thing. So it's, you, you know, that to me, it's like, uh, but are they in that? So GSRM? Yes. Are they in the LGBTQ community? Lots of people would argue that yes, given their connection to the gay community, given their involvement in things like Stonewall, like a lot of people would say, yes, they are in the LGBTQ community. Of course, when we talked about like pride and their people's negative reactions to like kink at pride, I think a lot of times because they don't understand what kink at pride actually looks like. They think it's just people fucking on a float, which it's not, but there are people that, you know, would disagree (laughs) with including them in this community. But that's another group that's like, it's interesting um, it's not the norm of what we would think of as what the majority of people think of as being, you know, queer LGBTQ, but. Yeah. I I think there's also a lot less like legal threat to their Mm -hmm. existence than there is for other, those, those of us in the LGBTQ community. Um, yeah. But but is that a requirement, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. There are, there are a lot of things that is like, you know, 
that are not necessarily the definition, but you think about like uh, legal threats. Uh, um, are people, do fe- people face stigma and bullying? It, like that's the flip side. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely face stigma because of this identity, but that alone doesn't make you part of the community. Um, right. yeah. um, another part is that subset of people that said, yes, I, this is part of my identity. I, I was born this way. I did not choose this. It's not a choice there. Mm-hmm. Th- and again, that's not everyone. That's, that's about a third of furries say that. So it's not everyone, but there are some people that this is not a hobby. This is not a choice. It's not, you know, putting on a costume. This is not just, I like the drawings or I like Sonic the Hedgehog. It, it is more innate and personal and important and part of their identity than others. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think about when I think about this. I will also add, I think that there's a danger in including them in the LGBT community un- in- in- unintentionally. Um, like we covered it in the news last week, like parents freaking the fuck out because they think that there are children in schools who identify as a cat and the school is putting out litter boxes for them and letting them answer meow to the teacher. Like <laughs> to equate all of that is problematic. Oh, okay. What? But uh, but I would well, uh, that specific point. Not saying that they're they're definitely part of the community or anything, but like I would argue against that specific point in saying that that's the same argument that is used why we should not include trans people sure. in the community. Is like, well, there's much higher stigma, and could that prevent all of us from gaining rights by including like? Uh, so I I really dislike that argument for like the others view of that and and we may be held back because other people view it in a certain way negatively i i don't like using that as a reason for not including someone in the community yeah okay so i mean well like i still don't uh, i think a a lot of a lot of everything that i read when i read about this there was like one article that i'll have to find and post or something but when i looked on reddit and quora all the answers were like no not part of the community including several people that said they were both furry and lgbt and, and said like no i'm part of the community because i'm lgbt so as far as i can tell uh, you know at least people online who said they were furries said no not part of the community also i think a lot of furries are queer and are part of the community not because of their furry identity but for other reasons and i could see a smaller subset of people that either you know, sex is part of it for them or they like their identity. They believe this is part of their identity that uh, like you said, like uh, I could see is, is using the word queer, but on the whole, I don't think furry automatically makes you part of the community. Uh, I just think there's a lot of overlap. Um, So that's kind of where I landed. And also, like I said, would value if there's a more definitive, like I could not find here's what LGBT furries think and want, you know, there's, I think there's, there was something like, uh, you know, I I think I said something once where it's like, you know, all these territories in the U S deserve statehood, but then someone like helped clarify like, yeah, but do they want statehood? Like Puerto Rico has voted. Yes, they do. Others don't want to statehood. They don't want that. So like this conversation about, that is moot if like if no if no one is advocating for this like yeah. we don't need to we should respect what they want and think and believe more than more than anything yeah do they do they probably not want to be part of the united states mm. yeah yeah furries hate the u.s <laughs> i yeah, get right. well <laughs> i i wouldn't be surprised so do i, I get it but um but i still thought it was like interesting to think through and talk about the um that that idea yeah, yeah. Uh, two two things I'm just going to awkwardly fit in here. I played the cowardly lion in high school. 
Um, and, and so like, I think if I was going to be a furry, that would be my gateway drug and it did not happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had all the opportunities to get, to get into furriness and it didn't speak to you. So you're yeah. not a, you're coming out as not non-furry. Coming out as non-furry. Real, yep. Yep. Unfortunately. You ex- well, I'm, you explored in your childhood and you, you, you know, tried yeah. it on and yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give, um, I'll, I'll find some pictures so we can get them okay. on social media cause they're ridiculous. Great. Um, and then uh, the other thing, oh, fursuits apparently are useful sometimes for people on the autism spectrum that like as a, as a, as a, as a therapeutic device or as a way to minimize like social anxiety, um, that there's a, there's a, there's a thing, some of them find it comforting. Um, it's just, it's super interesting to me that popped up in a couple of places. Anyway. Yeah. It, yeah. In, on the first science website, there is an entire section that's still being developed. So there's nothing under it, but that talked about autism in the community. So it does seem like that there is a big or overrepresented portion, but it, you know, it's just the page just said coming soon. So we'll, we'll find out in the future what the research says, but yeah, I, I also came across that. Uh, so did we do it? I, I one, one other assorted thing I'm just going to show, like throw out yeah. there is I think if, someone does let's say show up to our communities in a fursuit or talk about being a furry with us, like with our community one, I want to make sure that it's like a totally accepted thing. And, you know, everyone gets to kind of be themselves and be who they are unless who you are as a Nazi. Um, and <laughs> I, I think that is someone trusting us in our community by, you know, we talked about a lot of people, a majority of people are not out to their family. So by, mm. you know, by showing up somewhere, in a fursuit or talking about your fursona, like I think that's trusting us with something that they could face backlash against. So I both appreciate anyone who's done that. And hopefully we can like welcome that and value that they are trusting us with that information that, that is risky for someone to put out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. Be nice, everybody. Just be chill. Yeah. Be chill. Be chill. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we, I think we did some interesting furry things. We talked about furries a lot, Kyle. Some would say the entire time. Some would say. Some would, some, <laughs> not me, not me, but some would, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, let's take a break. For a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're, we're, we're bat. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> technically, technically, you get credit for that, but I don't Great. love it. Well, we didn't. We said we did it at the end, of, but I don't, one thing that we missed in talking about this, yeah, the pursuit of happiness. Oh yeah, sure. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. now we've done it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I liked that more than you did. That's fine. I didn't like your thing, so that's fair. Okay, <laughs> Dude, we're gonna do our gayest and straightest. We're gonna do our gayest and straightest, but first, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We have communities on Discord, Facebook groups, spaces, um, and we are on social media at Gayish Podcast. And, and join some of our, I think, Discord. Like, do we, I don't know if we have a furries channel, but like, you can see if there are other furries and, and chat with us about it, about it there. Yep. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at furries.com. Yeah. <laughs> Physical mailing address is post office box one nine eight eight two Seattle Washington nine eight one zero nine. Real quick, uh, this week everybody register to vote. Make oh. sure that you're registered to vote. 
And if you're not registered to vote, there's a very important election coming up that may or may not decide the date of the entire universe. So, um, you know, in the United States anyway, yeah. coming up in November. So, yeah, please yeah. register to vote. Also, register to vote and vote Democrat because Republicans are attacking our community. Yeah, absolutely. If you, um, if you believe in the Republican values or ways of life, great. Do that in the future when they're not playing such a huge role in destroying our communities. For this yeah. one, you got to. You got to do Democrat. Just suck it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> suck it off. Um, <laughs> okay. And also it's a local gay bar review. Uh, this time I'm going to talk to you about, I don't know how to, I don't know how it's said. And I should have asked somebody it's Koo bar or K U or K. I don't know, but it's, 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 I think it's Koo. I think it's Koo bar in London and uh, there in Soho. It was fucking fantastic. It was very hot that day, but um, mm-hmm. uh, walked in and it was like, Everybody who talked to us at the door, everybody on staff, appeared to be gender nonconforming in some way, hmm. and that that was that was you know either femme clothing on male presenting people or uh, a lot of androgyny happening. Like it was just it was really really fascinating that every single person that worked there that I saw was gorgeous and gender <laughs> nonconforming in some way. Uh, went nice. upstairs to an upstairs lounge. There was a there was fucking amazing music. The music was fantastic. Um, the, the girls that I was with, um, all of us, just like everyone was a banger. Um, <laughs> I will say, however, it was way too loud and I got cranky and, and wanted to go at some point just because of the volume. But it is it was adorable. It was cute. It's fantastic. I loved it there. It's very, very queer. It's open to everybody. Like it was not a gay male space. It was a very yeah. like all over the place space in terms of representation uh, for dildos. <laughs> Is that minus one dildo for the for the music volume? Correct. Yeah, that's. I mean, was it in line with the volume that dance clubs and gay bars have? <laughs> it just it, it, and just Daddy Mike doesn't necessarily love the well, loud music places. It was about the same, but no space to dance. There was no dance floor there. Mm. It was all lounge space. So it was just. It was like we're not. We're not in. We're not physically enjoying the danciness of all of this music <laughs> it's just stifling conversation and, <laughs> gotcha. yeah. um and yet like i'm used to screaming at a dance club but screaming yeah. at a bar is not <laughs> yeah this. anyway i got you i got yeah. you uh should uh, we do our gayest and straightest yeah i'll go first Um, my gayest is standing, um, at the bar. I went to Dallas and I was at the bar at the hotel and I was like waiting to get a drink, but I was standing like a good distance away. And then other people started showing up to try to get drinks. And all of a sudden I was very conscious of everything about me. I was like, Oh, I'm sitting too far away. People don't know that I'm in line. I should have been closer. I should have been more aggressive, like a man. I, and then I started thinking about my pain and fingernails. And these are all like, straight people that I don't know. Um, so I like all of a sudden getting conscious of like everything about myself and how are people perceiving me because of how I'm standing and what I look like and all this stuff that that's my gayest. Um, my straightest is it was not the brief conversation where we talked about the Texas OU game. Um, and I learned that I mean, it's like a pretty gay straight thing, but like I learned after the fact that Texas won 49 zero, which is like cool, but also at some point you kind of like, you know, I don't know, put in the C team or something. That's a lot to, <laughs> to lose by. But yay, go Texas. Hook them, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? Hook them hornies. Um, <laughs> uh, so the straightest thing about me this week was uh, we, gayish, 
number one in Panama <gasps> and, uh, this week. Hey, Panama. Thanks for I listening. Could, but the strangest thing about me is I could not get Van Halen's Panama out of my head. It would not go away all day long. It was Panama. It was so terrible. Oh, my God. Um, well, I mean, now that's on the playlist, Mike. So you've uh, just cursed Perma Panama for us. You're welcome, everyone. I think, you know, if I have to suffer, so do you is a perfectly <laughs> acceptable way to approach life. Um, and then the uh, the gayest thing about me this week, I've been uh, traveling for work again. I was in, in Boston and New York this week, and now I'm down in Palm Springs with Fraternity Brothers. But um, mm. but uh, it was uh, on, on this on this tour, uh, just leaning in and openly checking out my male coworkers and comparing notes with my female coworkers. <laughs> Open. Yeah. All right. You're, you're putting your hat in the openly check out your male coworkers, everybody hat yep. ring or whatever. All right. Sure. Yep. Why yep, not? Absolutely. You know, if and they I, say anything about it, they're being homophobic. So what, what do you have to lose? That's right. That's right. It, 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 like men have been objectifying women for however long in the workplace. Just a little taste of your own medicine, maybe. Yeah. Turnabout is fair gay. Yeah. Um, yep. I we have a listener's gayest and straightest who left us a voicemail. So we're going to go ahead and play that. Hello, Mike and Kyle. Thank you for creating such an entertaining, informative and inclusive show. Gayish has been a helpful resource to re-navigate my sexuality as an adult. This week's gayest. Making out with the very charming wedding officiant after bartending at the ceremony, I complimented his suit jacket and immediately knew he was into me. Straightest, sitting outside the local dive bar drinking PBR from a red Solo cup and chatting up a cute raver chick who works as a piercer. We have a date set up for next week. Being open about who I am and what I like has made so many more connections and experiences possible. Thank you for the informed conversation topics, delightful banter, and for being vulnerable and sharing who you are with the world. I will strive to do the same. Sending love from Iowa. Thank you. See, Kyle, we're, we're doing our part for bi erasure. Well, or pan erasure, or we don't know. We don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks, 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 for, thanks for that that's, from Iowa, yeah, which is yeah. a state that totally exists for real. Yeah, and we love it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and that was very sweet. We appreciate it. Yeah. I guess we did it. That's it. Um, yeah, that's it. There you go, furries. Hope you fucking enjoyed it. Thank you, furries. Get off our asses. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, I guess I should say yif you, furries. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, I want to thank our super Gap Bridgers, who may be all furries. This might be an exclusive furry community. I don't know. You never thank know. Thank you to John Crowley, Stephen Porsche, Yo Still Soul, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanus, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Donald Linsky, Thomas B., Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. We appreciate you more than everyone, even furries. We heart you. Uh, this has been Gayish uh, from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butched, be fabulous, be you. I almost forgot what I said. Yep. And I was like, yep, you and I, yep, her too. <laughs> to go to the bathroom at a convention when you're in your fursuit fuck man that's annoying <laughs> <laughs>